0: Welcome to You Are The Salt, a podcast for Christian female leaders and entrepreneurs. Whether you're starting out in your business or career, or already on that path and that journey, I believe this podcast can be the source of encouragement you have been looking for. With your host, as always, Louis Newire hi guys welcome back to the podcast happy happy tuesday so today i'm joined by angela manzanares in this podcast we're going to be talking about friendships and building communities which is becoming like one of my favorite topics so if you have any other areas or any other angles that you'd like me to talk about friendships and building community then let me know and we'll talk about it but we're going to get into my conversation with angela So she is a life coach, a marketing strategist, and a mentor for many young people in her community. The mission statement that she lives by two of them are the following, leave the world a better place than you found it. And what would your life look like without any fear? So welcome to the podcast,
1: Angela. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So excited to connect and chat today. So thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. I thought it'd be great to kind
0: of start with getting to know you a bit more. So obviously I know you from your Instagram, you're a life coach, but it'd be great to know like what you were like as a teen and how you kind of got into life coaching.
1: Yes. Um, so it's actually kind of a cool story. Um, I'd say throughout high school, I was somebody that tended to stay within my comfort zone. I was always too afraid to try out for certain sports teams that I wanted to play and um, just kind of stuck in this little box. And after high school, I got into youth ministry and started leading a group of like 40 students. And that really started to change my life. For the first time in my life, I was watching God transform students' lives right before my eyes. And one of my favorite things was getting to take some of my girls out to coffee, sitting down one-on-one, just talking them through life stuff and dating and all of that. Anyway, yeah, I to know these girls and then over the course of a year i'd watch god transform them into um, just these confident people that had purpose and knew the lord around that time i went to a church conference and god just totally changed my life there um he spoke to me very clearly and said hey what would your life look like without any fear that just expanded my ability to dream because at that point like i said i was living a very comfortable life i was going to finish college plan to marry the guy that I was dating at the time, pay taxes. And that was kind of it. (laughs) Um, But through those questions that the Lord asked me, he said, you know, I have plans for you beyond your wildest dreams. And so I need you to trust me with your whole heart in order for me to take you there. Then I started to think like, yeah, what would I do if I could do anything with my life? And I realized I had this passion for investing into people and watching God transform them, helping them have this awakening to, you know, to find out what they would do if they weren't afraid of anything. Yeah, that really it, that really broke me out of this comfort zone that I had been living in. So after college, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do professionally. I stumbled upon this lady from church that had been life coaching for 30 years. I was like, "Hey, can I meet with you? I need to figure out some some stuff (laughs) so I started doing some sessions with her and through that I was like okay this is what I want to do with my life um I want to do what she's helping me do and and that's really find out my passions my purpose um set goals for my life set vision and and yeah so that's kind of the short version of how I got here
0: yeah I love that and I feel like in America There's so many opportunities to do stuff like that. Like life coaching here in the UK is very much like almost new in the last few years, maybe five years. It's become a lot bigger than it used to be. But yeah, a lot of people are sometimes skeptical about it. I 100% believe in it. Life coaching is kind of what got me into podcasting in the beginning because I've had a life coach as well before and I've found it really, really valuable. But um, one of the things I was thinking about was because obviously you were mentoring all these young people was friendship, a big thing that kept coming up. Or how, how did that navigate? Because I know that you did a blog post about friendships and cultivating friendships. So
1: what kind of birthed that inspiration? Yeah, that actually came out of a time in my life. I'd say after that period where I was doing youth ministry at the church I was at, um, I did that for about five years. And I got to this point where I felt God was leading me somewhere else. I started going to this new church called Jesus Culture I didn't really move cities, but it felt like I was totally moving communities because I had grown up at this one church. Most of my life knew everybody was very comfortable there, but I felt God say, okay, I want you to step into this new, this new place. And I didn't know anybody. And, and so I found myself in this place of like, okay, I feel like the new girl. Where do I start? How do I start building this community? How do I start getting to know people? And so that's what, that's where that block, post came from.
0: Yeah. And how did you like, what were some of the things that you felt were key things in building relationships, cultivating, because it's easy sometimes to make friends and, but it's hard to actually keep those friendships and for them to see you through life, you know, different phases within your life. So what were some of the things that you thought this has really worked in my life? And I wanted to share it with the people on mentoring or life coaching.
1: I want to start off by saying, if there's anyone listening that finds himself in that season of. Oh, I don't have any friends or I don't have anything to do on a Friday night or Saturday night. Um, I just want to encourage you that that's totally normal and a part of life. Anytime we switch jobs, switch schools, switch churches, cities, whatever, that's just a natural thing that happens. And so one of the things that I knew I had to do was just commit to stepping out of my comfort zone. It wasn't easy showing up to events by myself or coming into church on a Sunday and like not knowing who to sit by. And so I just made this commitment to myself and I said, okay, I'm going to just show up. Even when things are uncomfortable, I'm just going to do it anyway. And so I would say, number one, whatever kinds of friends that the listener is looking for. If you want a selfless friend, then sign up for some volunteer projects. If you're in sports, like sign up for a rec team. If you're passionate about ministry, then start serving at your church. So I would encourage them. Put yourself in these environments where these types of people are going to be that you want to be friends with. Get around people, step out of your comfort zone. Another thing that I kept in mind was loneliness is God's cry for intimacy. And so, oh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. While you're trying to figure out who your friends are and you're kind of in that transitional spot, take that opportunity to just be with the Lord there's something really special about those times where we don't have all these distractions and all these people and all these social things that we're going to. Mm-hmm. And that's really a great time to say, okay, Lord, I'm feeling lonely. I don't feel like I have those people yet. Um, so would you, would you be everything that I need? And I had many nights like that where I'd just be in my room journaling and God would come in with his perfect love and just overwhelm me and remind me like, okay, I do have everything I need. I have God and he's my best friend and he's going to help lead me to those people. Mm.
0: It's really great that you touched on like loneliness and stuff. So what were some of the other things that you did? Cause one of the things I liked about your blog post was you're talking about those transitional phases. Like you said, going to a new church or having a new job or all of these different things that we kind of inevitably have to do in our lives. Mm. How can we deal with those, those situations? And you can talk about your own experience or other people's experiences that, that
1: you know of as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd say one, just embrace it. Know that life is not always going to feel easy um, and just embrace the loneliness. Like I said, bring it to the Lord, um, make that commitment to step out of your comfort zone. Um, and then I would say when you're in those environments with you know, the people that you want to become friends with, um, then take initiative and just start going up to your, going up to other people and introducing yourself and showing yourself friendly. I remember, as a kid, my dad used to always tell me, he'd say, "Angela, you can't wait for people to come to you. You have to go out and make friends if you want them." And super simple. And I know we know that, but it's just a great reminder that yeah, we can't always sit back and let people come to us. As nice as that would be, you just have to go out and show yourself friendly and practically, um, what that looks like is, so I would, for example, I'd show up to some young adult events and literally just like walk up to people that looked friendly and say, Hey, I'm Angela. Um, what's your name? And just start asking questions. People love to talk about themselves and, you know, just start saying, Oh, like, what do you do? What's something you're passionate about? And as you ask questions, um, people get to start sharing about themselves and on a subconscious level that starts to build trust. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. say show yeah. up and show yourself friendly and start asking questions and get to know different people. And when you find someone that you connect with, then just ask them for their number. Be like, Hey, I'd love to yeah. hang out sometime. We should get coffee. Would you like to exchange numbers? And, um, Yeah. So I remember in that period of time, I was going on tons of coffee dates. I felt like I was meeting all kinds of new people. And then naturally I found myself just spending more time with certain friends that I was making and we kept just hanging out and hanging out more. And we laugh about this now, but one night, um, two of the girls that are now like sisters to me, they've become my best friends. We were all at dinner and they were like, Hey, you know, do you want to be best friends? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's really (laughs) cute. Yeah. We laugh about how like straightforward they were, but (laughs) I remember that was God literally answering my prayers because I was like, I had prayed, God, send me some good lifelong friends. And after stepping out of my comfort zone, taking initiative, making new friends, here were two girls that were saying, Hey, we want to like, we want to be best friends with you. That. i love that and i think you know what you said about being friendly is so key because there
0: is a verse in the bible that talks about like the person that is friendly has friends so it is important to be to take that initiative to be friendly to not just expect other people to come to you because it's like if you're giving out a horrible aura to other people they're not going to want to be around you so that's it's just that human nature as well and i think we need to take the initiative if people aren't receptive to us then obviously that's their loss but we have to kind of take the steps that we we need to and i like the fact that you mm-hmm. took the initiative to ask people to meet up with you for coffee because they have their whole life going on they already have their friendship group they're already happy they're already settled you're the you're the new person coming into that equation so the fact that you thought okay i'm going to take the initiative ask them out to go on a coffee date and see where this goes and i think mm-hmm. the thing with us as girls I have this I don't know about you but I have this a lot is when I start hanging out with somebody I really feel like okay we have to be best friends Mm -hmm. and I and I don't think you have to be close with everybody you get to know everybody and then naturally you start to grow stronger um yeah you start to have stronger relationships with other people than others and one thing I, I remember is when I was praying to God about um having more Christian friends and things like that God did answer the prayer but sometimes he gives it to you in a format that is what you don't expect so for me i had somebody who was very much like would call out all the stuff that i'm doing wrong and sometimes we have to be ready for the friendships like are we ready for that christian friend that we're praying for and then also knowing the boundaries of actually maybe this person's more judgmental than just caring so
1: yeah there's so many things that come into play when you're thinking about christian friendships as well i think uh, you you hit a good point there it's important to discern um a person's character too so you Mm -hmm. I would go in with this, not with the expectation of becoming best friends with everybody, like you said, and yeah, as you get to know people just kind of see, okay, does it seem like a loyal person? Do they keep their word? Um, Do they flake all the time? Do they show up when we, you know, set times to hang out? How do they act around other people and just getting a good gauge for the kind of friends that you want to have in your life. And then when you can keep an eye out for those things and you know where to invest more time. And I feel like friendships is such a big topic. I've talked about it previously before, and
0: it's had, you know, quite a lot of listeners because I think as women, we're in that situation where friendships are becoming even more important nowadays, if that makes sense. Like a lot of us are getting married a lot later in life. So our relationships with our friends is becoming one of the primary
1: relationships as well. So it's just so key. So key. No, I love that. And it's so true. I feel like these days our friends kind of become our family, like a second family, they're the family we get to choose. And so it's just so important to choose wisely and trust God in that process of finding the right friends and finding friends that are going to sharpen you. Like the Bible says, like iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. Yeah. hundred percent.
0: So you talked about vulnerability. I'd love us to kind of delve into that. And what does yeah. that look like for you? How can we prepare ourselves to be vulnerable? When do we know
1: that we we can be vulnerable with somebody as well? Yes, great questions. So in college, I remember hearing this quote. It says, people will admire your strengths, but connect with your weaknesses. I think so often, especially in the social media age, we like to present ourselves as having everything all put together. And it can be hard to kind of show the the imperfect sides of us. But people are going to admire you when they think you're on this pedestal but they're going to really connect with you and want to be friends when they see that you're human and they can see some of those things that you're going through. Um, And so when I found that a person that I've met, like a new friend seems trustworthy, then I'll start to open up a little bit and practically speaking, something I like to do is send in check-in texts to friends and I'll text people and say, Hey, you know, hope you're having a good morning. Was thinking of you today. Is there anything I can be praying for? This will open them up to share like, Oh, actually, yeah. You know, I'm having a hard time at work or yeah, things are tight financially. Can you be praying for this? That starts to build trust that allows you then to come in and encourage them and pray for them through things that they're going through. And a lot of times that will then spark them to ask that question back. Like, was there anything that you're going through that I can be praying for? And then you get to open up and share something that's going on in your life. And that starts to build this, this trust. And then you're both now you went from surface level friends talking about, you know, surface level things to stuff that's really going on and ways that you can be really there for each other. You know, so I would say go in levels, don't divulge your deepest, darkest secrets to a friend that you've known for two weeks, (laughs) really build that trust, build that solid foundation. And then as the trust increases, then your vulnerability can increase. So make sure that it's a safe person, go at a healthy pace. I actually remember when I was in that season of my life, praying for these friends and you know, those two girls, we decided we were going to be best friends. We had been hanging out a lot and they were really solid girls. I was actually going through one of the hardest seasons of my life. There was some other stuff happening and I hadn't told many people about it. And I remember one night me and my best friend, her name is Sarah, we were talking in my car and she was like, Hey, so like, how are things going? And I just broke down and was like, okay, so this is going on and I can't, walk through it alone. And at that point she had, we had built enough trust to where I knew she was going to be a safe person. Yeah. She just let me cry. She hugged me. She, we prayed together. I think that really built the foundation of our friendship um, because I saw like here I was going through something extremely hard and vulnerable. And she was there for me in that moment. And she continued to be after that. And there were so many nights where she'd let me just like cry at her house and she'd pray over me years later. I ended up being the maid of honor in her wedding. And so I just think the vulnerability can always be a, a risk. Um, but that's really, yeah, that's really what breaks the ground of deep lifelong friendships, you know? Yeah. Um, and so she was there for me. I've been there for her through some really hard things. And we've been there for each other now through some of life, life's most exciting things like weddings and she's having a baby and all of that. But yeah, so vulnerability, I'd say, is is key to giving your friendships depth. They always say this as well, like whenever you're doing anything
0: to do with love or you're interested in somebody romantically, all of these things do take a risk. So I love the fact that you're saying within your friendships, you also had that element of risk. Being vulnerable is a risk and you can Mm -hmm. only have things that you really want. Sometimes at risk, to be honest So yeah, I think that's really key But what I wonder what's got you to this position Because for a lot of people They might be listening to you and thinking like Yeah, but I just really cannot open up I can't be vulnerable I can't trust somebody Like, do you feel Mm -hmm. like people you know, I don't know, your parents spoke, um, about what friendships should look like. Did you just have this modeled in your church? Like what got you to this position? And what would you say to the person that really feels like they can't be vulnerable? They have a lot of surface relationships.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that stems from a fear of pain, a fear of rejection, um, a fear of not being accepted. Um, I understand that there are lots of People, I think we all have experienced at some level um, being hurt by another person. And so I totally get why it can be difficult for some people to, to trust. Um, And so I would say, you know, ask yourself, why does it feel scary to, to trust? Like, what were the situations in your past that developed this fear? You know, that you think that now every person going forward is also going to hurt you. And so I'd say sit with those questions, really find out where that fear comes from, find the root so that you can work on uprooting that and, and replace those lies of rejection, those lies of fear, those lies that you're not good enough, um, those lies that no one's going to like you or whatever. I'd say ask God or work with a life coach or you know, if work with a mentor or a counselor or whoever through those things and replace them with truth trade those lies of rejection for what God says about you and understand that you do have something valuable to bring. I'd say don't allow past pain to affect your future. Mm -hmm. Don't allow fear to rob you of blessings that the Lord has for you. And yeah, there's, it's kind of cliche, but they say just 30 seconds of insane courage could change your life. And so even if say those, those fears are holding you back, just take 30 seconds to go introduce yourself to someone or, um, you know, or to, to share about something small that's going on in your life. Like, Oh yeah. You know, I woke up feeling a little anxious today. You think you'd be praying for me? Um, but yeah, baby steps start small with opening up your heart and also really get to the root of, of that pain and those fears that are keeping you held back. Mm,
0: Yeah. And I think also like when I look at my life and I think, okay, this happened to me, these friendships didn't go the way that I wanted and stuff like all of those are learning situations. And Mm. they're kind of bullet points for you to kind of keep in mind as you're moving forward. But, yeah, they shouldn't be roadblocks. They shouldn't stop you from actually going to where you want to get to, because ultimately If you kind of just stay at home, don't do anything and you don't venture out and you don't put yourself out there, you're going to just end up being unhappy. It's going to cause you like by you trying to protect yourself, you're actually going to cause yourself a lot of pain. So, yeah, yeah, I just think in the lot you have to think about yourself in the long run and where you want to be. And like you were saying, Angela, like taking those baby steps, because sometimes it does take baby steps. But everything that we want is people always say this and so cliche as well. But everything that we want is on the other side of fear. Mm -hmm. So you just got, you just got to do it. Just got to do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And it's true. You know, staying isolated is painful and taking risk is painful. So it's like, what kind of painful or hard do you want to, which route do you want to take? And one's going to keep you in pain and one's going to, one has the potential of a lot of reward. Yeah. Take the risk. And I know that you have a lot to offer. And I'd also say too. um, one part, one aspect of building community and making friends is just understanding that people are imperfect. So it's going to be messy. Sometimes Um, it might be painful. You might get hurt by some people, but that's not everyone. And so if there are friends that you've had in the past or, you know, friendships that haven't worked out, I'd say to anyone listening, like, again, don't allow that to rob you of amazing people that could be out there mm. that God wants to bring into your life. As
0: well. And so, yeah. And so many people have had like church hurts. Like so many people stop going to church because of these things. They leave churches because of these things. Like, and yeah, like you're saying it is inevitable and it probably will come up in the church that you're, you're in because we're just, we're imperfect people. Right. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to the person that has been making so much effort, going mm-hmm. to church, asking people on these coffee dates, and they're just not receiving anything back. Is there like a, a time that you just have to kind of give up or do you keep going? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say
1: to that that person? Well, I read a study that says it takes 200 hours to become close friends with someone. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and so on one hand, I'd say sometimes there are times where we need to just keep at it. And then there are other times where it is time to maybe move on. So I'll talk about this side first. Yeah, it does take time to to build relationships. I also read another study that some university did, I think that said it takes on average about two years to really feel at home in a new environment. And so if you're moving to a new city, new church, whatever, I think it is important just to give it an honest chance and to really give it time and to really commit. I know I can be this way. I can be impatient and want things to happen, you know, right away. But I think one thing that our generation can improve on is is commitment and just sticking to things even when it gets difficult i would say if someone has been at this and they're you know getting a little weary um i'd say okay commit to it keep getting to know the people in this environment give it an honest chance life gets busy people are imperfect you know just keep keep at it um but if there's no one left and you've really tried everything and you've gotten to know everybody and you just feel like it's not a good fit. Then yeah, it might be time to move on and that's okay. There's like over 7 billion people in the world and so if if the small group that you're you're in right now isn't working, there are going to be other people that you'll be able to connect with in in other settings. I remember there was a situation for me when I moved to a different town and I was looking
0: kind of reluctantly looking for a church. I wasn't really putting that much effort into it and yeah. I found myself at this church and I was going there and I didn't really click with anybody at the church. I didn't click with anyone. I made the effort to go to the midweek meetings that we had. But I think when I look back, I kind of realized that sometimes when you're looking for a church, when you're looking for a new community, you really have to put so much effort into it, because sometimes that preparation before you actually step in is actually really key. So you have to think about the fact of like, okay, what do they believe? What are they like? how far as a church can I commit to going there all the time? Like there's so many things that sometimes you overlook in the research phase
1: that we sometimes could have maybe saved ourselves from a lot of hurt. Yes. Yeah. That's a great point too. Yeah, Ahead of time, just check out, different, check out different churches, different communities and see, okay, what are they about? Are these people, are these the kind of people I want to surround myself with and, and find the best possible option, you know, environment that you could put yourself in and then, just go all in and uh, meet some great people. Yeah, definitely. And I think because we're literally coming out of the pandemic or
0: um, out of lockdown type of thing, we have all of this like resources online. You can literally watch the services. You can see what the yeah. vibe's like. You can kind of, you can see all of this stuff before you actually go in. So it's it's great for that. So um, is there anything that you think you would love to leave the listeners with? Anything that you really feel is on your heart that you'd love to end with?
1: Yeah. um, I would say anything worth having in life is going to take some risk and it's going to take working through our own insecurities, working through our own uncomfortabilities. But like we said earlier, don't let, don't let those things stop you because it is just so important to have good people in our lives. That's what's going to grow us. That's what's going to sharpen us. Building community is just so worth the effort. So worth the, the time so worth the heart investment. And then another thing I'd say is just really commit to friendships as well. I remember when I was in that season of life, some of the friends I was making, I remember I would see some of their, like some things about them Then I'm like, Oh, I'm not too sure about that. Like, or, you know, they, they'd be super busy or whatever, but even when things feel a little bit challenging, still commit and still say like, no, these people are good people Um, that I want to have in my life. And so we're going to commit and we're going to make time for each other. And all of that, as time goes on, when that commitment is there, that's really what builds those deep friendships. And so I'd say, don't get scared off when you start to see people's imperfections or, or whatever. It's actually, I actually take it as a compliment when you get to see the imperfect human sides of a person, because that means that they're, you're close enough to see that. Um, and they're probably seeing things in you too. And so commitment is just huge as friends go through different life seasons. And like I said, life gets busy. um, You need that commitment there in order to have those lifelong friendships. And I'd also say um, to take some of the pressure off of yourself. Um, Sometimes we feel like we do have to do this all on our own, but God really is there for us through the process. And, you know, he sees our hearts. He sees the lonely moments. He sees what kind of people we need in our lives. And so if you pray and ask God, like, God, just bring the right people my way. He's going to be faithful to do that. And so allow this to be a time where you see God's faithfulness as well. Catch
0: you in the next one, guys. And always remember that you are the salt.